0: Hello. If you are listening to this, it means that Spencer and I have decided to take a break. Um, And uh, this is a super special side episode of Code Completion for episode 91. Um, And instead of doing Code Completion, we're going to do a little something different. uh, And that is to join my other podcast, which is Explain It Slowly and have it be a guest episode of sorts. And I'm joined today by my lovely wife, Lynn.
1: Hi, I'm Lynn.
0: So how does explain it slowly usually work?
1: Uh usually I ask you a question. You don't know the question ahead of time, and you will do your best to answer it.
0: Awesome. And since this is being featured on code completion, it probably means that it's something iOS related? Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's let's go with that.
1: Okay. I got a question for you.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> um So I'm a junior developer. Uh Um, I got into development because of you. And uh, I'm still learning. I still have a lot to learn. And I know that when I was learning iOS development, we were taught... Sort of like when, when it comes to starting a new project, you, mm-hmm. there are certain things that you do, right? Yeah. Usually, like, you start off by building out your model first, and then your UI, and then you hook the model up with your UI, right? Mm-hmm. And so, now that I'm not in school anymore, and I kind of have to do my own projects to get gain more experience, I don't know if that way of doing things is still relevant or does that make sense
0: Uh uh-huh so let me first ask you what would be a way that would make sense to you like which which order of things do you want to uh start things in
1: i don't know if it's something that i would prefer but what i normally do is i would draw out what it looks like so the ui right Mm -hmm. and By doing that, then I pretty much like work out sort of like what sort of things or features I want in an app.
0: Mm -hmm. So this is all outside of Xcode, right?
1: Yeah. And from there, then I can say, okay, with this type of features, I kind of need this type of model to support it.
0: Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So I would say that's like a perfectly good way of doing things. Um, And to add detail to that uh, kind of mental model, what like my typical game plan generally starts with drawing out, as you said, the UI in conceptual form, nothing in code yet, Mm -hmm. just so that way I can rapidly tear out the page and crumple it up and throw it in the trash and not feel bad about that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you're at a very rough stage where you're not married to any idea yet And you are more willing to explore all sorts of different avenues before you feel like you got stuck going in one direction, then you have to continue doing it, Mm -hmm. um, which is really easy to get into. So uh, once you kind of get that stage out of the way of making sure um, that your app as a whole like, has the features or you plan the features that you want to eventually have, right? Um, and you start thinking about how the data is going to fit in for all of that. Uh, generally, that's when I will like... One, I always get stuck on trying to find a name first mm-hmm. before I can even start anything because then I, I have like something concrete to work towards. Even if that name changes down the line, I still like to have something. Um, and you kind of need something when you want to start Xcode. So yeah. whether this stays just a code name or this becomes the actual... Name for your app, that's like a completely separate thing. Um, but once you have a name, once you start your Exo project, um, I like to jump right into starting to build a UI to make it feel real. Mm-hmm. Um, and as that UI comes together, I'm going to start needing more and more data to support it. So for instance, uh, if I have like a screen that shows an overview of whatever my app is doing, right? I'm going to want some data to show in that overview so at first it's just going to be like say if this were in swift ui uh it would be a bunch of text labels and i would just hard code the values inside those text views right Mm -hmm. um if this were ui kit you'd have ui label and then you just hard code some value uh for the different properties and the different things as if it were real right uh but you start to while you're doing that discover exactly what pieces of data you're going to need to be able to support that UI right mhm so um swift ui makes this really easy because you can sort of put together a model object that uh can directly be represented within your view without like too much fuss like whatever you tell the text view to display That's just what it's going to display. So you can start making a basic model object, like a struct with the various things that you're going to need to support just that view. And you can use that as a starting point to start building backwards and to start connecting these model objects into a bigger and bigger object graph that represents your app. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, And once you have that, then you have an app that, can work like it manipulates data moves things from one screen to another but eventually you realize it doesn't save anything and if you're working on an app that instead of working with local data it like needs to sign in with something like almost guaranteed one of the next things you're going to do is find a way to save your login because while you're testing that it's going to get very old quickly that your app does not remember anything once you relaunch it right yeah every time you build and run an xcode you're gonna have a fresh blank slate and it's going to be kind of hard to figure out not not hard to figure out it's going to be kind of hard to continue developing something where every single time you make a you make a change in the code you lose all your progress that you've made within the app especially if you want your app to remember stuff over time Mm -hmm. um so like Almost the immediate next step in almost every situation is to build in some sort of persistence, whether that's remembering the user's account information in the keychain or in uh, an app where everything is stored locally. Maybe you're gonna make all your model objects codable and then write that to a file, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe you want to start integrating with CloudKit or Core Data um, or something else, um, so that way everything actually can get saved. So. Uh, I guess step one in that grand scheme was, like, sketch out your idea. Sketch two. Step two, not sketch two. Uh, Step two is start your Exode project. Step three is start with the UI. Step four, let the UI instruct what your model looks like because you're going to need it to make your UI. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Do you recommend building... The complete UI, because when I draw out my UI, I don't just do my home screen, right? I would Mm -hmm. do what follows. If there's a button on the home screen, where does that lead to, right? So do you recommend doing the complete UI and then go back and then filling in all the functionality uh, screen by screen or just do screen by screen? Like do screen at a time.
0: Let's return to that. But generally, I would say do like one screen, and let that inform what the next screens are. So, uh say you're working on the screen that's going to show you this hypothetical overview of something. Mm-hmm. Uh then you want to like do that screen and then if you need an the ability to add an entry, then work on that screen next. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Uh and then you'll kind of like branch off and build things from that starting point. Um and I want to get into like what that starting point is in a little bit, but uh, that would be like step five is, uh, after like figuring out your model is to, uh, do this for a few more screens. So that way your app gets a little bit bigger. Um and then step six is to find a way to save that information. Um, and that, that would be like the ideal starting steps for any project. And then from that point forward, it's going to be polish and, uh, like implementing features. And I left out completely if you have, uh a certain feature that's very unique to your app you're going to need to experiment to see if it's even possible right Mm. like you don't even know if it's going to be possible or not uh for a lot of kinds of apps or a lot of kinds of apps like there's nothing impossible about anything so you just have to just jump in and start building it right yeah um so yeah i would say that's those are the steps that i generally like to take but it's not necessarily the only like way to do it you can totally not start with the UI, but start with the model and let the model inform the UI. So uh, know what kind of information you want your app to work with. And then once you have your model built, then you can start building the UI based on what your model provides. Does that make sense?
1: Right. But I find that difficult to start with the model first because sometimes I don't know what is necessary Mm -hmm. in the model. Like I don't think 10 step ahead and say oh in order to get this I would need to have this Mm -hmm. right
0: well it's not so much thinking 10 steps ahead it's more so what does your brain fixate on does it fixate on the UI and you really uh enjoy making that aspect of it or does it fixate on the data that your app is going to provide and then the UI is secondary does that make sense okay like however your brain works like for me personally I am UI focused so I think of the UI and then try to think of the magic that's going to support that UI. Does
1: that Mm -hmm. make sense? Like,
0: I don't know what it is yet, but I'll figure it out along the way. Whereas a backend engineer might be very different. They might be focused on the data, and the data is very important for, like, certain applications, and then the UI can come later. Like, visualizing the data is less important than being able to calculate and compute the data. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, So those are, like, two very different ways of thinking of that problem. Um, now as far as like which part of the app to start with, like, as you said, when you sketch it out, you have your home screen, you have the whole thing kind of mental modeled out. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes you don't, sometimes you just have a piece of it and that's fine. Um, but what I generally like to start with is... Uh, somewhere in the middle. And what I mean by that is not necessarily the first screen that you ever see when you open the app.
1: A random screen in the middle. <laughs> not necessarily a random one either.
0: Uh, but not necessarily the detail screens either. So uh, say if you have an app to catalog your pets, right? You have, might have a home onboarding experience that like welcomes you to the app and tells you how it works. Uh, and then afterwards, you might have uh, a screen that shows you all your pets, uh, and then from there, you might have screens that like focus on each pet. Um, and then from there, you might have individual screens to edit those, those screens or to give them treats or whatever, right? Um, any crazy idea you can think of. I'm not necessarily going to start with like the editing of those pets, but I might start with either the list of pets or the screen that highlights a pet. Does that makes sense? Mm-hmm. Um, because that gives you a good,
1: branching out point branching
0: out point because you can go in both directions you can start adding the detail screens to edit things yeah um and then once you have that as like a solid experience you can just hop one level up and work on that collection screen that's going to show you multiple of those okay and then you can hop one level up from there and work on the onboarding experience um generally when you get a start from just the onboarding like the very first screen you kind of get stuck in the details of that That are less important. That's something your users are going to see very little. Whereas the screen full of pets is something they're going to see every single time they use the app. Um, And they might spend even more time within the app looking at the page of their pet. Does that make sense? Yeah. So try to like mentally figure out what screen the user is going to be on the most and make that your starting point. Because that's the one that's going to need the most love and care to be effective for the user.
1: So are you saying like... Those are the screens that are are going to be the best quality compared to the rest?
0: Not necessarily the best quality. Like everything can be lifted to the same quality bar, but they're going to have the most considerations from your part, the developer. The person designing this app is mm. going to put the most thought into those screens because you're going to be thinking about them and working on them the longest.
1: Well wouldn't you spend the same amount on the other screens as well?
0: Well, like if you start with the with these screens and you're gonna forcibly have spent more time with them, does that make sense? Uh-huh. Because you're gonna always be thinking about it.
1: Okay.
0: So maybe it's not as like super applicable for a smaller app, but that's generally like the way I see it if that makes any sense
1: mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, I guess have fun making your next like app project uh and and yes yeah, try to think about like which of those steps make the most sense to you because it's going to differ for everyone obviously um and there's no like right answer either right? right um it's not like you have to start with one thing like there's this mon- mantra of test-driven development where you have to write the test first and then you can do anything else and like for most things you don't really need to do that um but for some things it's important and it helps right? So uh, there's always nuance in all of those that tends to get discarded when you have a fun three-letter acronym for something. Try to think about why uh, you are choosing to do something before something else. And it might just be because it's more interesting to you, right? Uh, Maybe you really want to work on those onboarding screens because that's what you're most excited about (laughs) for your app, right? All the fun animations that uh, you can use to introduce someone. But just... Be cognizant that what you should be spending the most of your time on, if you're making a product that you're actually going to be building a business around, are the parts that your users are going to be using the most. Right. Right. Um, you want that to be as polished as possible because that's going to help out your users as much as possible.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, that's all I got.
1: That's all I got, too.
0: <laughs> so. Uh if you if you like this style of of uh podcast, we have a podcast called Explain It Slowly. Uh that is not limited to tech, but there's a bunch of tech topics because that's what I know a lot of and that's what Lynn is always learning about. Um so that's that's what we what we do and you should check it out. Um but yeah, regular episodes of code completion should start back up next week as, as usual. Uh, and see you next time.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. (laughs) Bye. Bye.